0: It's Dustin. Uh, Dustin Saban. I like to make music, poetry, uh, fun things at night. Um, yeah, my uh, my age is uh, I'm in my mid twenties. I'm 26 right now. Uh, I actually just got married. Um,
1: yes, congrats yeah. on that. Uh,
0: thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, let's see. I grew up on a different part of Hawaii, actually, for those who know Hawaii. Uh, I grew up on the west side in Ebba Beach. Went to James Campbell High School. Just, like, local Japanese, local Hawaii Japanese, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense.
1: Who's the Japanese side, your mother or your father?
0: Oh, it's my dad,
1: yeah. We actually met at The Curb, which is uh, a coffee shop. If you want to uh, give a little bit more of background about your coffee um connoisseurism dustin
0: Oh, sure so uh yeah i've been working in in this in this coffee shop it's the curb um specialty coffee shop and we're a multi-roaster so we bring in lots of good yummy beans from all over um but yeah i mean i've been working as a barista for about five years now so pretty committed uh I'm the manager currently, so got a lot of good staff to take care of. Um, but yeah, we, we met at the old, the old shop when I was like a BB barista, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Also, congrats. Yeah, I-, I didn't know you were a manager. That's amazing. Congrats on the promotion. I Much do. deserved.
0: Thanks. Thanks. It's been awesome
1: yeah that's that's really cool um so I know from the last time I was at the new location of the curb um you uh kind of get into like coffee mixology of different flavors and creating your own drinks so what was the what was your proudest concoction coffee concoction that you uh made at the curb uh well I
0: would say the one that I'm known for is uh it's called the cold fashion it's a take on an old fashioned. so uh, with an old fashioned, of course you got whiskey so we took the whiskey we uh boiled up the alcohol from it so that you can drink it as a as a simple syrup so it's like a nice house made whiskey uh simple syrup um maraschino cherry some cold brew some espresso you know make sure it's nice and strong for uh the drinker uh would do like a little bit of like a citrus zest on the outside of it, so that you know, you kinda of get those aromatics when uh, uh, when you start to drink it. And yeah, I mean it's 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 definitely not like a, a true cocktail, but it was a it was a really fun project to do. Uh, I would also have to I'd I'd be like there late at the shop, uh throw in throwing those oranges in the in the dehydrator and uh, yeah, getting things going. But uh, anyway, that's that's probably the one I'm most known for. It's the one that I've had to uh, actually bring back because uh, some of the regulars were really, really dying to have some more but I did it for like a second season, basically.
1: Yeah, I remember. I don't know if it was the prototype of the cold fashion or what, but I remember like you gave. I was already so caffeinated, and you gave me a sample. You gave me a sample <laughs> oh, of the old fashioned, and I was like yeah, off the yeah. walls. I'm a grandma, and I couldn't go to sleep till like one a.m. And I'm like oh, dang no. you, Dustin, but this was like so delicious. Um, but oh. also regretting um <laughs> the yeah, yeah. the caffeine over like overdrive but um that's
0: that's part of the experience is staying up till till after your bedtime yeah
1: yeah so you said that you are from you or you grew up on the west side so eva eva beach um so how do you think your japanese upbringing and has influenced your identity today
0: that is such a good question and it's one that i've really thought uh thought about a lot really like lately. Um, so I, I would say that it's shaped me in subtle ways. I spent I can't really talk about you know this without talking about my grandparents who uh, are my ties to being Japanese and uh, yeah I mean we would we would do stuff together like we'd spend a lot of time together. I would uh, go around with them on Saturdays, go take the flowers to the grave. Uh, to pray to the ancestry. Um. Then we would, yeah, we go holo holo. Uh, I don't know. We would we would we would go to some festivals actually. Some uh, some bon dances. The Honolulu Festival, of course. Mm. Uh, you know, fun stuff like that. I would say. Uh, but. Yeah, I guess to get back to the question I I feel like I'm kinda just it's it's so easy to dive into such good memories with my family. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh yeah, to get back to the, the, the heart of the question though. Um I think it was it was kind of a journey actually to to understand uh who I am and to understand uh that you know my my grandparents are who they are, I guess.
1: Uh, kind of like with um, Japanese holidays and traditions that are also celebrated in Hawaii. Um, so for example, for New Year's, did you do anything for like the oshogatsu, like eat any special foods? Or uh, in the summer, do you uh, like participate in bone dances, like wear the yukata or anything um, like that?
0: see so that's that's the funny thing is that i've always felt like i've like i've i've seen the culture and i've been within the sphere of you know participating but
2: uh no i never i never quite got that involved actually okay
1: and okay
0: my only connection is maybe like through some martial arts but even then it's probably a pretty loose thread you know? mm.
1: <laughs> So, uh, kind of a little backstory, um, on your parents. So you said that your mom is Caucasian and your father is Japanese. So did they meet in Hawaii? They met in Hawaii. okay.
0: And, uh, they actually both grew up in Eva, so.
1: Oh, funny. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. So they, they both went to the same high school. They were kind of high school sweethearts.
2: Oh, they that's so They nice.
0: together. Oh. Yeah. That whole thing. Um. But yeah, so that's that's kinda how that's kinda how things went down. Yeah.
1: Okay. And uh growing up, did you grow up in a um bilingual household or was it just English?
0: Just English and uh well my dad he mainly speaks pigeon actually. Pigeon Oh. Oh. Pigeon slash English.
1: Oh wow.
0: Yeah, Hawaiian Creole English, yeah.
1: Oh wow. So, so you can speak I mean, pidgin. Or nah, you nah, Oh, okay. <laughs> Just your dad. I wish I could. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I I can't I either. Um, oh, okay, that's interesting cuz like yeah. um kind of what we've talked or what about my co-host and I, what we've talked mm-hmm. about on this podcast is that for me as well like my father is uh Japanese from Japan and my mother is like local Hapa, but mm-hmm. um yeah, even though both of my parents can speak Japanese, like we yeah we i just grew up speaking english um so yeah so going with your grandparents do you know like do you know how your dad's side of the family ended up in hawaii like
0: when i'm i'm not too sure but i from what i understand it's it was through sugarcane
1: oh oh, okay so they worked on the sugarcane plantations
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So my grandpa, my grandpa lived and worked on sugarcane plantations actually.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Like I I think on my grandma's side, on my mom's side, they worked on the sugarcane plantations but in Maui, and then they just immigrated to or they moved to uh Oahu. Mm. Um after that, okay. Um I think my
0: grandpa's side was on uh, Kauai.
1: Oh, okay. So all yeah. kind of but still in the on, like on the islands then
0: yeah, yeah, still, yeah
1: okay, with your grandparents now on your father's side do Uh they, do they, oh, do they speak Jap, or did they, or do they speak Japanese, or?
0: oh, yeah, Uh, so my, uh, my grandpa unfortunately passed, but my grandma's still alive and uh, to my knowledge, both of them, both of them did not speak Japanese
1: oh, okay I feel like
0: so much of it is, like, clouded in mystery yeah, yeah you know? There's a lot. There's a lot that they don't say. Yeah, same. You know, which is kind of their essence. I would say,
1: (laughs) keeping that mystery through gen, passed down through generations. All right, I'm down with that. Um, so kind of going into your American side now. Um, how has that influenced your view of the United States mainland as a whole, or? Government, um, how things run and operate, like how has your uh, Japanese American uh, identity influenced your perspectives on that?
0: Oh man, I mean that's an interesting question, and I think I think it's interesting because I grew up only a short ways away from like one of the internment camps on Oahu.
1: Oh my gosh! Isn't it in Eva? That's why. It is. yeah, yeah. You know. Right oh, there. yeah. I it's I remember reading crazy. about that.
0: <gasps> oh. Yeah. And actually, yeah. Some of my some of my my uncles and aunties they live like they live super close to it. Um, oh. Wow. Which is super weird, but you know, hey, I guess real estate. I don't know. Um, oh. But I guess I guess you can't be haunted by that kind of thing, you know. Um, if you didn't. If you didn't go through it and your, your grandparents don't tell you about it because they want to protect you from it. Yeah. Then maybe you're not as haunted by it.
1: In high school, like, I honestly didn't learn too much about, uh like, Japanese history or, like, you know, I, like, of course, in, like, world war Two, but like other than that like the bombing of pearl harbor because obviously like you know it's in hawaii um i yeah. really only learned about u.s history and european history in high school so like uh-huh. when did you start being even aware or like did you growing up did you have like a lot of like japanese friends or just like other uh asian friends or did you mainly hang out with like white people <laughs>
0: um so to be honest, uh, to answer like the first part of that question, I, I still feel like I don't truly understand the history of like of Japanese Americans in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's there's a lot there's a lot to know. Yeah, um, I feel like some of the high school teachers actually did do a good job of touching upon it. Um, I yeah, I distinctly remember in like intermediate school. That's that's probably when we learned about it. Okay, um, but yeah, like I said, it's, it's, I still feel like I know very little, to be honest. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you were also saying as well that your grandparents, uh, didn't have Japanese names.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, my, uh, my grandma's name is is Janice and my grandpa's uh, name is Charles. And yeah, those are, those are like, those are super white names
1: <laughs> yeah I I'm interested I'm interested to see like or just hear if you ever asked your grandma like oh um, um like what was her what was your grandma's mother's name because maybe that would, would be Japanese
0: uh, you know I never I never asked that for some reason I mean so it's, just, it's I, I guess I really should I mean I should just call her up
2: and <laughs> ask her that, honestly. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's so many things that I that I need to ask her, you know, Yeah. I have certain
2: things.
1: Yes, okay. Yeah. Literally, I'm the same, like, cause I'm, you know, I'm returning to Hawaii this summer, and like, I'm trying to just like frantically write down all of my grandma's recipes because, like, mm. I mean, cause you know, like grandmas and like aunties and stuff, like they never write down any recipes, like they just know it from memory and like they cook yeah. it to perfection. And I'm like, okay, what are the measurements? Cause I'm literally like. I want to make it the same as you. So please tell me. They're like just do it to taste and I'm like, "No, I need the recipe. I'm not as good as you." No. <laughs> um but that's
0: so great though. That's that's I, I like I really like that, that form of archiving.
1: Yeah. So does your grandma cook Japanese food or more like Japanese local food? Uh
0: she cooks she cooks all kinds of stuff, honestly. Um the so it's interesting you asked this because last night uh, while I was while I was thinking about how we're gonna how we're gonna film this uh, today was I was thinking about like the recipes that my grandma makes and she makes this delicious pork hash but I I don't have like the vocabulary to be able to Google like what that like what her form of pork hash is even because it's it's not like the kind
1: you get at like Zippy's or something you know it's oh, okay. It's, and
0: I and actually
1: I found it. I think. You did you grow up with uh, kind of Japanese food or just like local Japanese food, ho- like Hawaiian uh, mishmash of different kinds of foods that you loved growing up? Or
0: yeah, I think it was mainly local Japanese food that we had. Yeah, uh, we have tonkatsu, uh And I actually found the it's a uh, let's see, it's a uh okasuya style corned beef hash patty that's the that's the that's the kind of patty it is
1: Ooh, is it crispy do you like put
0: it's it's kind of soft it's it's, it's really soft but it's like it does have like texture which is nice like a really like light firm texture
1: Ooh, that Um, sounds delicious yeah
0: Yeah, it's a nice it's a really nice take on, on yeah corned beef hash
1: <laughs> okay. Um, you're definitely gonna need to make a, uh, recipe book of all your grandma's divine recipes like that hash patty and um share it with everyone. <laughs> please and thank you in advance.
0: Oh, uh, uh, that would be that. That's a good idea, actually. Yes. Be a great practice.
1: Yes. Um. So also kind of uh going into more of your Japanese American identity, uh. Were you ever interested in learning Japanese, like the language? Like at UH, I know they have classes, and I don't know if you have a language requirement there, but did you ever get interested in Japanese culture or language?
0: Okay, that is a fantastic question. Um, So when I was in high school, I studied Japanese. Okay. And so I took two years of Japanese. And when I got to college, I decided that in that period of my life I wanted to uh I wanted to study abroad in France and so, so I studied French
1: so oh, okay I, uh,
0: I took four years of French instead of Japanese and it's like I'm I'm actually like I'm kind of sad that I didn't get to study both mm-hmm. uh, just because my schedule really wouldn't allow for it I was I was a commuter so commuting like two in, like two hours to and from was like pretty hard but um yeah I, I I signed up for a Japanese class and I was in like in in class like my first day as a freshman and I don't know something in me just just said like let's let's do something different I don't know what it was to be honest
1: okay because
0: it oh, was a weird time
1: <laughs> yeah I, yeah it was um because a lot of the times too like because obviously I'm in Japan and um like with the jet program there are many like different kinds of people and like walks of life and a lot of people their gateway quote unquote to Japan is through like anime manga j-pop or just like you know studio ghibli all that kind of stuff but like oh, yeah. yeah and like yeah all that yeah all the good stuff um and it's interesting too cuz like for us it's a little different because um that is kind of like our like where our roots are so um yeah i was just interested if you were um like or are you actively do you want to learn japanese again because you know you have a background in it so you probably know you still probably remember some of the japanese right
0: yeah a very very limited amount for sure okay uh i i i think i think in the future yeah when i like right now i'm i'm so occupied on like on career type stuff that I feel like I'm just like sticking to like my one thing so to speak yeah 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 so I I feel like because I I invest just so so disciplinely in this one thing that I I don't want to uh like if I if I'm gonna learn Japanese basically what I'm trying to say is I want to do it right <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, to yeah.
0: be dedicated to it, you know? Yeah. And with languages, you definitely need other people. So, like, you know, getting on Zoom calls or whatever and and practicing. I, I want to do it right.
1: See, because uh, I'm thinking as well, like, you know, in Hawaii, it's so easy. Because uh, when I was working at Sprout Sandwich in Kaimuki, like, we had two uh, Japanese women also working at the sandwich shop. And, um, mm. like, it, I feel like it's really uh, easy to meet Japanese from Japan people are just like people who can speak Japanese in Hawaii cuz there's so that's much true. yeah so i'm sure that's a good point. yeah, yeah. You know, you're, you're right that yeah was, you know, <laughs> for encouraging. yeah and honestly too so i'm going to share um a little a recent happening so um my time in japan has definitely been like a like a culture shock like every other day like in my first couple months here and especially so Last December, I took um, the Japanese language test. So in Japan, it's only two times a year. I believe in Hawaii as well. Maybe like, yeah, two times a year. And I failed the Japanese test. So I like really went into another like whole cultural like identity shock and spiral. Like, oh my gosh, like I'm totally not Japanese. Like I'm just like the whitest Japanese person ever. Like, why am I Japanese? Like all this stuff um so yeah yeah well so because like because like you know in Hawaii like everyone everyone's like a poi baby so like for me yeah. I'm for me I'm Japanese uh Japanese Chinese Portuguese and German But, you know, you might not see it. I just might just look Japanese. But, you know, my brother, Bo, like, he kind of looks a little bit more hapa because, like, my mom on on my mom's side. But anyway, like, in Japan, you know, people just automatically assume that I am Japanese because, of course, like, I am ethnically. But I also feel so out of place. Like, and... I never felt like that even in cuz in college as well like I went to uh-huh. school in Portland so I was surrounded by a lot of like white people and like I always was like oh you know I'm the token quote unquote Asian friend like cuz I'm the oh, only yeah. Asian yeah, yeah. friend yeah so I, I wasn't that yeah. yeah so I wasn't connected to any like because I also studied Japanese um, briefly in high school and then in college like I was like oh you know like uh, I just want to assimilate to my white friends so um, yeah I'm not really like I I don't really identify with Japanese culture I'm just ethnically Japanese but then when I came to Japan I'm like oh my gosh like I like have so much lost time because you know I have grandparents here so I'm like oh what was I doing I feel so guilty and then like when I tried to fit into the mold of, like, oh, yeah, I want to, like, yeah, I'm just going to be Japanese now, but it's, like, I'm never accepted because, like, you know, I'm not fluent in Japanese, and, like, when I, even my grandparents say when I speak Japanese, I have, like, an American accent, so I'm just, like, great, like, I'm trying over here, but I feel like I'm a failure, but also it's, like, because, so going into my question to you, um, do you, like, why, why do you think it's important for, um, people of the Japanese diaspora to know their mother tongue but why do you think it's also important to find identity outside of your Japanese American identity because of course like Japanese American like yeah that's you know ethnically or like ethnically and nationally who you are but also like you, we're all multifaceted beings and we've to some degree assimilated into life in the west so like in those regards what are your thoughts on that? Well that that is that is a really (laughs) tough
0: question um i don't know where to where to begin on that one
1: anywhere dustin just just word vomit yeah
0: (laughs) a lot lot to unpack with that one it's just it's the same reason that it's important to learn any other foreign language it's to connect with others that's Mm -hmm. like language is a living thing right so it's to connect with others that language is that's important you're building connections with other people Mm -hmm. and you're building bridges that you may not otherwise have i mean i honestly i i I envy you for being able to uh to speak japanese uh it's it's something in my life that i guess i didn't realize that i had been missing but uh through talking to you i kind of feel like i have
1: dustin you know what i'm just going to tell you something it's there's really no destination with language, like, cause even too, like, I was getting so down on myself for failing the Japanese proficiency test, but, yeah. like, like my supporting community was like, okay, also, like, at the end of the day, that test is so subjective, like, you know, language, it's a, it's a fun acquisition process, so it's like, there's really no. And to studying a language like you're going to constantly study the nuances and like you know just the how to like you know because like at least with Japanese there's keigo Japanese so very formal what you would use in like business interviews and then like natural just you know talking with friends and family. so like for you especially it's not too late like I always tell people like for real like your your mind is so like you have yeah you have so much capacity and like you even if it's just for fun or for a little like it should just it should really be for enjoyment so and like like you said like connecting with people from different cultures so um, yeah it's not too late <laughs> for you Thanks. honestly you're in your mid 20s my goodness gracious
0: I know. I know feel so old sometimes
1: <laughs> oh my gosh yeah I feel you on that um, especially
0: with like all the crazy things <laughs> life is throwing
1: yes but you're handling you're handling it you're getting through so yeah
0: that's yeah, good absolutely.
1: on you um so. so that was the first part of the question so the second part of the question was i know uh, a part of your identity you know you're japanese american um you're you you're a coffee enthusiast you find passion in community building so why do you think it's important to root in your japanese american identity but also uh, find other facets of passions, interests, hobbies that are separate from that identity, but that's still who you are, if that makes sense.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, um, well, it's interesting that you say that, because I would say that I don't actually have too many Japanese-American friends. Really? Um, yeah. What? I mean, most
1: of my, oh my god. Are like,
0: I have, like, one, one pretty close one, but, well, two, counting you. <laughs>
1: Aww, okay, thank um, you.
0: But, yeah, that's that's pretty much my circle on that side, but... Okay. Yeah.
1: So, growing up, what other... Like, what what uh, what uh ethnicities were your friends, I guess? Like, if they weren't oh, okay. Japanese? Because for me, all of my friends were Japanese-American. Maybe that's just because I lived in town, but, like, yeah.
0: Could be, yeah. I mean, ex- my experience at an Evo was I was one of probably the only Japanese American in, in the in the area. The only, other than my brother, younger brother. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so otherwise, like all my friends are Filipino. Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Filipino, okay.
0: Some, I mean, Caucasian, uh, Chinese. Uh, yeah, I mean, Everyone, Vietnamese. Okay. It, I didn't really grow up in, like, a Japanese-American circle, so to speak. Oh. Which I guess is kind of why it was hard for me to answer the question at first. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. So, kind of going into your experience of being hapa, so Japanese and Caucasian, Uh, growing up, did you identify more with one side of your ethnicity? Um, I think growing up,
0: uh, I don't know. I mean, I always i I knew I was half Japanese. I knew I was half Caucasian. Mm-hmm. But I I just thought of it as normal to to be both. I, yeah, I never yeah. I never sided with one more than the other. Yeah, if if that's kind of uh, what what the question is looking for.
1: Um. Yeah. Like I guess what I'm trying to ask, like have you ever felt like mislabeled regarding your, your race? Like, cause I feel like in Hawaii, you know, there are a lot of Hapa's, but if you go somewhere yeah. else or like, you know, if like a tourist comes or something, they're like, Oh, like what, what ethnicity are you? Like, I can't like, you know, Hapa's, you don't fit into a label. You're not Caucasian. You're not fully Asian. So you're just in the right. middle, you're Hapa. So what has your experience been like? Like were you ever mislabeled or like, do you like the term Hapa? being applied to you like what is your relationship with that term hapa
0: um for the most part i felt pretty good about it growing up i guess i haven't really i felt neutral about it if that makes sense mm-hmm. I, um, like I, a lot of times i guess in hawaii people would know kind of who i am or what i am
1: yeah either. yeah but when you go to the mainland of course this story is pretty different. Like, was hoppa ever used to you towards you in a derogatory manner in your life? Oh no. Okay. No. Okay.
0: Maybe, maybe howly though.
1: But wait, you got Howley called before. Howley before? <laughs> uh,
0: uh, sometimes, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, you know.
1: Yeah, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so because. so when people ask you or like label you as hoppa like do you see that as a flattery because like obviously like uh like hoppa is very much like oh like you're hoppa like you're like so beautiful because you're hoppa kind of thing like do you get flattered by that or uh maybe i used to feel that
0: way but i don't know now i just now i feel like it's just it is what it is and i don't i don't feel that anymore for some reason i don't know why
1: so when you went to france like were people confused about who like what ethnicity you were
0: yeah yeah they were pretty they were pretty uh bamboozled by (laughs) me
1: yeah they were they were pretty they were pretty confused okay
0: what the heck are you you know i remember one french woman uh she was staring very very (laughs) intensely at me. And this was this was at like a at my host family's like party. They they did a little party for kind of their family to come over and meet their host students. And uh she was like, kind of like you know, in French, she was like, you know, what what are you? Like, <laughs> like, like, I don't understand. Like, and it wasn't like meant in a mean way, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. just like kind of like a curiosity. Like, I haven't seen anyone who looks like you before. Mm. Uh, Interesting. It, it was more of like a like
2: a you know, like like one thing that she said that my, my understanding of French is like is very limited. <clears throat> but I remember her
0: saying like, you know, your like your eyes, they're they're like are they like Asiat- Asiatic? Asiatique? Like are they, are they are they Asian? Like what what's going on here? <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. But, um you know mm.
0: I wasn't really offended by it. Like, I thought it was kind of funny, mm-hmm. but not really. Like, I don't know. I don't take that kind of stuff personally. You know?
1: It's, yeah.
0: It's not really. Uh, <laughs> I think people people no matter no matter who you are, what you look like, someone's gonna have an uh, uh, an opinion on you, and to give weight to that opinion is up to you.
1: Yeah. So in uh, now in your social circle, do you? um like have any hapa friends and um like you were saying um before like oh uh you feel special if you meet another hapa uh so can you kind of explain that experience a little
0: oh sure yeah so um <clears throat> it's interesting actually right now my the other guy that i work with he is actually hapa
2: oh, okay. he comes
0: from a very 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 different background than i do mhm so it's super interesting to almost like compare and contrast our experiences. Uh, he grew up in all, all over the place, but the West Coast mainly, California.
1: And so, I mean, working with him has been it's been it's been an interesting experience. Just talking story and finding out in what ways our are, our are experiences similar. Okay. And in what ways are
0: they very very different?
1: Okay, yeah, because um, definitely to like. Uh, mainland hapas i can imagine they have a different experience than um like hawaii hapas i guess but um yeah that's really interesting and i'm glad that you have someone in your kind of like everyday life that you can kind of relate to on that on that sense like similar background a little so that's really good (laughs) uh so obviously i'm recording this in japan and you are in hawaii right now um but i wanted to know what has your experience been with japan so uh did you grow up visiting japan in childhood um and like did any of your relatives at all um kind of speak japanese like what has your experience been
0: it's been very detached honestly there's been a it's a bit of a lack of experience, a bit of a void. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me personally, I've always wanted to travel to Japan. And the closest I've gotten is the airport, sadly. Uh, okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to go and I still want to go. And okay. hopefully hopefully, I can go one day.
1: Yeah. And also too, like, you know, there's so, um, there's so much ties to hawaii and japan and like it's it's honestly not too far it's like seven hours on plane so i'm sure like the opportunity will present itself for you to go to japan
0: yeah yeah at some
1: point or another yeah oh yeah well that's nice to hear that you have an interest in like going to japan um
0: oh yeah of course i wanted to it's
1: been my dream my whole life oh oh my goodness dustin
0: what, since I was a little kid? I was in elementary school, you know, reading, like, trying to study Japanese, like, no one would help me, so, you know, just, like, trying to check out books from the library, I was, like, I, I'm a huge nerd, like, that's, <laughs> oh. that's, like oh, that's, why, that's why I love books so much. I...
1: Relating your Japanese-American identity um, and talking about media representation in the West, Uh, specifically in America, Uh, why do you think it's important for Asian identifying men and women to be represented in mainstream media?
0: Uh, I think it all comes down to agency, honestly. Uh, And what I mean by that is if you kind of feel like there's really no one out there who uh, is like you or represents you or, you know, stands for what you believe in you can feel hopeless yeah you can feel a little lost or isolated i mean i i think i think we're seeing more representation and it's good but uh yeah it could always be better yeah yeah and, and it's not just like the bad kind of representation you know it's not like fucking what's his name mickey rooney and like breakfast for tiffany's or something
1: Oh my gosh, that was literally so racist, and he wasn't even yeah. Asian, wasn't he? Like a white guy.
0: Yeah, uh. yeah. You know, it's like, and and I'm not trying to shit on that movie, by the way. I've I've seen that movie many times, <laughs> partially because I'm enamored by by uh, the actress, but.
1: Uh, <laughs> Join the club. Who isn't Audrey Hepburn is amazing. Right? Anyway. Yeah. Um,
0: but- yeah, it's, it's hard to watch sometimes too. Eh.
1: Okay, just those scenes. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, that's that's good to know. Um, and uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: just casually proclaiming my <laughs> <laughs>
1: We've talked about uh, like your how your Japanese American identity influenced your perception of mainland America, or just like how our government works and like just cultural norms, I guess, in oh, American yeah. society. Um, so why is it important for Asian Americans, um, to be up to date with politics in the country? So and also kind of pooling how does the model minority myth impact uh Asian Americans' political status and perspective?
0: Such a good question. And I don't pretend to be like an expert on knowing uh, everything there is to know about uh, the model minority myth. But yeah, I, I can definitely see some traces of that in my life. Um,
1: Examples, <laughs> please? Sure,
0: sure, sure. Uh, my dad, my dad, you know, he goes, he goes and he works super hard every single day and he's, uh, he just keeps his head down and is, uh, super apolitical, which is kind of, I guess, the answer to the question, mm. from my point of view, mm. is that this type of thing, uh, you know, being, a, being <clears throat> known as the minority who keeps their head down and who doesn't engage in politics and who just kind of toes the status quo in yeah. order to succeed is, uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's real. Mm. Uh, so recently, while I was doing all of this, you know, like, God, I hate, the, I hate the phrase soul searching. <laughs> while I was doing, while I was you, doing you
1: millennial.
0: I know, I know. But, <laughs> but while I was doing this, this, you know, reflection. Yeah. Um, I, I came to this article where this guy was talking about the. Uh, have you heard of like the, um, the Black Klansman?
1: No, no, who's that?
0: So, it's a story and it's actually a TED Talk. You can go look it up. Uh, anyone can go search this up. It's a, it's a, I think it's a TEDx talk, but okay. it's still a really good talk. It's it's probably one of the most like I don't know, life-changing talks I've seen recently. And in it uh this, this African American man is you know, sharing his experience yeah. uh dealing with the KKK and he Ever since he was a little kid, he's like, I don't, I don't want to give the whole thing away, but he's, he's, you know, to sum, to sum it up, he's, he befriends a, a clansman. He befriends like the head of the clan. What? Like, of a, of a what? Division. Like a pretty big figurehead, right? Oh,
1: that sounds very dangerous. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's super dangerous. He could have died totally,
0: and, but he befriends him, and. He just wants to know why. He wants to know, how can you hate me if you don't even know me? That's Mm, his central mm, thesis. mm, mm. That's his central question. And I think, you know, to bring this back to, like, just politics as a whole, having, going into, you know, someone that you don't disagree with, I mean, this is someone who's going into a situation where not only do they not disagree with him, but they want him dead.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah. So the least
0: we could do is try and follow that example you know
1: yeah and yeah i think it also too it's like it, it it's like almost a disservice to yourself to close off like for example like if you have friends and family that you know maybe you don't uh see on the same level at with on a on with politics like also like is it worth like sacrificing that familial tie or like friendship like i guess Maybe friendships a little different, but like, you know, with family, because like a lot of rhetoric going around is like, oh, you know, people who support the current president of the United States right now. It's like, oh, very much like, oh, um, everyone's uneducated or like dumb and like just like, you know, all this stuff about people who support the like the president. But also it's like I have friends that like, you know, didn't pursue post-secondary education and voted for him but they're not dumb so like when I think about that I'm just like okay like I kind of I understand now why it's important to like just hear different perspectives and um yeah like you said start conversation uh, about politics because just like it starts with conversation and just like normalizing it and um so I think especially like I'm glad you mentioned that about um like with the with the black clansmen like that i because i I had no idea about that before you said anything,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it's like it's definitely like it's something we should all strive to be, you know, so it's a, a someone who's able to reach out to another person, just human to human, yeah, and try to understand why they believe what they believe, yeah, and only by understanding then you can sort of turn the tide, and I guess. That to kind of continue along with that that same story that I was just talking about, uh, yeah, the his friend his his clansman friend yeah gives up his rope basically <gasps> just for that issue for all issues I think you know like just trying to understand
1: like ever thought about like you, the the weight your words carry?
0: Oh, I think about that constantly. <laughs> it, is, it is incredibly O M G heavy. Yeah, to bear time. Like, yeah. Time after time, I think that's honestly that's that's why I I find it so hard to put my uh, my thoughts into words. Sometimes is that it's difficult to uh, you know to really to really encapsulate what I really want to say.
1: seem to be uh, a kind of a jack of all trades, like you know you've had you've learned French for four years. You um, you have uh, worked in the coffee business for like for five years um and uh you're a literature fanatic um uh so how do you think (laughs) how yeah yeah. yeah, pretty um so how do you express art and creativity in your life
0: i mean part of that art is of course i feel like through business you know i don't i don't feel like creativity really ends with like just the traditional types of creativity with the traditional types of media um in my, yeah, in business, for sure, and definitely employ creativity, which I'm grateful for because otherwise it'd be super boring, you know? Yeah. It's it's important to, as you were talking about kind of before, work with uh, a framework that is intentional and a framework that will help to inspire positive change in other people's lives, and so I try to employ that in business, um, but... To go into like work you know kind of the fun creative pursuits mm-hmm. uh i love to uh i have i'm actually sitting in my in my spare bedroom right now next to my uh my uh pioneer SX mixer and i love to mix dance music and that's what i do when i get home from work
2: Is oh
1: what oh that's amazing yeah. okay dance party at dustin's <laughs>
0: yo <know, laughs> getting into some real like techno stuff oh cool Uh, anyway lots of lots of lots of fun stuff like that um i before this whole before this whole pandemic happened i was drawing on cups actually i was i would draw uh cute cute kind of creatures on cups it's always been like a passion of mine to to doodle and to draw and uh i've been uh i've been you know coming up with more drawings lately that i've been pretty proud of (laughs)
1: Um, oh that's so cool yeah I, I
0: like you said kind of i'm kind of a jack of all trades so I, I like to jump around a lot like one one interest just doesn't really do it for me
1: you know what uh, though based on your personality and this is a hundred and ten percent an assumption you are a jack of all trades but i noticed that you're very like attentive to detail so you're a jack of all trades but it's refined like you nice. want you want to kind of like not Perfect it, but also just be like you know, invest time and energy and like those like reach those that ten thousand hours, I guess, to kind of oh, like, yes, yeah, exactly. yeah. Please. You it's I'm it seems, 10, hours. Yeah. <laughs> it seem it Every, seems like that. O M G. That's
0: why I need to live longer. That's, that's the main <laughs> um, reason, <you> know, <laughs> Oh my gosh. How am I supposed to get enough hours in the day? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know what? With creative work as well, like what you're doing with dabbling into music and like you know working on your art um, both in coffee and um, your drawing like artistry it's definitely like you know I've I I mean from personal experience like it it doesn't feel like a burden like I'm sure when you get home like yeah you're like tired from the day's work but you're also like you love doing what you do like that's your one of your passions so it just doesn't feel like any time is like extra time I guess like because you enjoy it it's fantastic and I'm so glad that I chose this path because like I was working throughout college so
0: a little background uh through through college at UH right so I was commuting every day two hours to and from Eva yeah uh pretty much would get to college go to class and then go to like my like my my desk job and I mean it was an okay desk job it was
2: like it was it was perfect for college but like during the end of college, I was like, "Man, I cannot work on a computer for like the rest of my life." You know, mm-hmm. it's it's tough.
0: Um, anyway, uh, to go back to what I was what I was saying, really. Uh, nowadays, I feel like when it comes to work, I'm you know I like now my now my schedule is something like wake up early, <clears throat> get ready for work, do some exercise, do some stretches.
2: Uh, treat work uh, with as much respect as I can Mm -hmm. and try to apply some creativity there I mean it's it's a lot of fun I get to like experiment with
0: coffees every day it's not a bad time and the people that I serve are like like really amazing (laughs) really amazing humans Mm
2: -hmm.
1: kind of as well like with your career path because it seems you're very much so um yeah, it just uh have a lot of creative pursuits and aspirations. Right. Um so how do your parents feel about that cuz definitely uh like like we were talking about like creative endeavors or just unconventional quote unquote um career paths is very much like questioned or your parents are like, "Huh? Like, well, why don't you go to into something more financially secure and stable?" Like so what has your experience been with Support, like receiving support from your family for your creative um pursuits.
0: Um, it's been interesting. Uh <clears throat> my mom has like always been supportive of anything that i like anything that I choose to do. Yeah. And I was talking about this with my uh with my wife last night actually and I've been like financially independent since since basically college mm-hmm. uh just through working and stuff you know and <clears throat> with that it means that I don't get a lot of flack from them because how can they say anything if I'm supporting myself and doing okay
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah you know? uh I guess for me I'm kind of a stubborn type of person <laughs> Where if you try and tell me to not do something I or that I can't do something, I will want to prove wrong, and I will work hard to do it. Do the thing that I want to do. If okay. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, it's partially stubbornness, partially like bullheadedness. I would yeah. Say. I'm kind of a stubborn, stubborn type, so uh, I don't really, I don't really take any shit from that. <laughs> this is the way that I see it. Is. Your parents, our parents, everyone's parents lived through a different time than we lived through. Yeah.
1: Especially now. But
0: no matter what, like, it's the same for every generation. Mm -hmm. And so your story is not going to be the same as theirs. And for them to expect that of you or for them to have a predetermined expectation of what you should be Mm -hmm. is kind of not giving you the freedom to be who you are.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Mm -hmm. and that's wrong yeah um thank you for answering that so eloquently i think as well like for um a lot of our listeners like uh yeah it's just a kind of a push and pull and internal like um conflict i guess about you know pursuing like pleasing your parents and pleasing your family and then at the same time pursuing something that is maybe more on the creative side and like doing what you love so yeah it's it's really hard um to kind of like find a balance between that but I think that's really true like to just make a quick what?
0: a quick statement though okay uh, just a, one more one more little about yeah that. uh I would also say that like just hearing myself say these words is kind of amazing to me and it's not really something I thought I would be saying a few years ago um I I had a really hard time at first uh, being able to carve out a a path on my own. And it's not easy for anyone out there who's going through that.
2: Mm. Um,
0: And finding other people who resonate with your cause is, I would say, the most important thing that you can do.
1: Mm. Why do you think it's important for Japanese Americans from the diaspora to connect with their heritage?
0: Connecting with your heritage can be a, a very empowering way to understand yourself and your family better. Um, so even though I haven't been to Japan, I've definitely found myself drawn to uh, many Japanese martial arts over the years.
1: Okay, and that's to me that's that's a very a very like
0: small way that I've been able to connect mm-hmm. just through you know practicing body movements essentially right mm-hmm. practicing practicing uh, practicing this type of cultural knowledge um, I when I was a kid I took some I took uh, karate for a couple years and then in college I studied Aikido for a little bit uh, currently I'm training at the Shingon and Shu temple in Honolulu oh wow and yeah I just it's' it's and it's funny because I I actually uh, <laughs> I, I, met, I met the who's training me uh, at my sensei through through um, through the curve
1: oh wow uh, that's really cool
0: but I think I think connecting in some way is very important because it I don't know it it's a part of who you are yes even yes if, even if you're not connected to "Quote unquote," like, you know, like, like the motherland. Like, <laughs> I, I, I still think you know it's important. Like, uh, yeah. And I gotta tell you, it was it's been a really interesting like past two years that I that I've started kind of going to this temple because I, you know, coming by more and more. It's like, you know, before you go into the temple, you 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 wash your hands, you bow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I just, I started thinking about my grandparents a lot and about my grandpa specifically. And uh, I wasn't, so the kind of like, uh, I think a sad part of my life was I, when I went to France, uh, that was that was the time that my grandpa died.
1: Oh, I'm sorry and, to hear that.
0: No, it's okay, it's okay. Uh, and so because that happened um, and all my were already booked, and I had invested so much I wouldn't be able to make his funeral. Um, So, you know, there's a lot of emotions there for me, Mm -hmm. and just being able to kind of talk to him, like through the temple in that way, has that's been kind of my spiritual connection.
1: Oh wow! um,
0: Through through the temple, Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't know if you know I don't I don't know the proper things to say in Japanese or proper ways of showing respect. But, you know, I try I try to lower myself, I try to humble myself when mm-hmm. I when I'm in those places. Those are sacred spaces, mm-hmm. deserving of our deserving of my respect. Mm-hmm. And so I think just by participating in that I, I feel more connected to him and I feel more connected to my family. Yes. The, the practice of doing this has also been a great stabilizer in my life mm-hmm. uh, for most of my life i was raised christian
1: really yeah
0: oh yeah, wow I was, okay i was devout christian for most of my life
1: okay same and here literally I got really yeah yeah like what is it for yeah for my whole life um yeah i was well i was baptized catholic and i went to lutheran school but um i was christian um, and uh, yeah, I feel okay. On I don't know if you feel like this, but for me, like very much so, I felt like my identity was in like Christianity and like the Christian community. So that's why yeah. I feel like I never really explored like being Japanese American, because like oh, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, and like you know, yeah. God sees like, totally. yeah, totally. God God sees beyond race and ethnicity. Yeah. We're all yeah. brothers and sisters, so like yeah. we're all the same. I'm like yeah, we're all the same. Like. Yeah. like
0: and, you know, I still, I still I feel that I, that that uh, that programming still still till today. Till today okay, yeah. that, that's a
1: whole it's nother episode. Heard. Like <laughs> unprogramming certain things. Yeah. I'm literally yeah. just oh. always doing that. I'm like, okay, I gotta check myself because this is definitely yeah. a part of my Christian upbringing. Oh, me so <laughs> me too,
0: all the time, all the time. Yeah, yeah,
1: and, yeah.
0: It's it's an interesting uh
1: give and take. You know, it's an interesting back and forth. I guess. Yeah. Um,
0: with those ideas um but yeah that's that's it's that definitely helps to bring a lot of clarity though to, to my whole life you know mm-hmm. is really understanding that my identity for so many years was based in my faith
1: yes and
0: so when that when I went to college I, I I I left the church and uh it was hard for me because you know I didn't have any I didn't have any role models for this this type of situation. Yeah. What does one do? What does one do when they're studying existentialism and you know, <laughs> trying not to like, you know, freak out? Yeah. Uh, what does yeah. One do? You know, when they're, when their their whole identity is based on just one thing and one community and I feel like I feel like you might have um, your perspective on it might it be uh I don't know, more, more healthy than mine. <laughs>
1: What, are you I, resentful or something towards the church?
0: I'm I'm not resentful, but I definitely feel now that, like, I don't know, I, I feel, I don't feel regret by any means. Okay. No, I don't feel regret. Okay. But I definitely feel like I wish I had a, I, I wish I had the chance to just stand up on my own first and figure out who I was before, mm. uh, before the dogma was so... <laughs> heavily, heavily put on me.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And and to kind of uh, elaborate on this, because this is kind of an interesting subject. Actually, this is this is an interesting part of my life. Um, I was raised in uh, in this church called Christian Science. Have you heard about them at mm, all? N-
1: n- no, no.
0: Okay. So, uh,
2: <laughs> it's a, it's a strange religion. I mean, oh. I think I think in a lot of ways it it is some of the best parts of Christianity. But like with any
0: religion, people can take it to an extreme. So oh, okay. Christian scientists believe they first and foremost they believe in like the teachings of like you know Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They believe that God is love. That's and that's like the central. Those are the central tenets, essentially. But where where I started to disconnect from the church was their, their idea that they're 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 un their complete faith and prayer.
1: Okay, like you mean uh, like totally disregarding like uh health treatments and stuff? Like sometimes yes.
0: Okay. Sometimes okay. Yes. Okay. okay. So that to, when they take it to that extreme. And not not all not all Christian scientists are like that. I don't mean to like, you know, completely like shit on this religion.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think there's there's a lot of people who are in it and there are a lot of good ideas that it offers Mm -hmm. Uh, I just don't like seeing people pushed to the
2: extremes because of their faith because of their dogma and I think that's wrong Mm -hmm.
0: and so for me coming out of that and then being like okay well you know if this is not if this is not what grounds me then what is ground what what, then what what grounds me Mm. Um, that was that was a tricky situation and advocate i think personally
1: Mm -hmm. and i must say though like like you know we were talking about you carving your own identity and own path and kind of forge forging your own community through especially through your your line of work um but i feel like definitely in the christian community it is so tight-knit and it's like everyone's just so nice and welcoming that it's hard to like kind of like Decide to leave, kind of like for me. I'm still kind of like one foot in the door, one foot out. But for you, like, so you don't go.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, No, yeah, no, Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm still exploring. So, um, but me too. Me too. Yeah. I think we all should be. Yeah.
0: Constantly. Yeah. No matter what you believe.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that very personal experience. But I totally resonate with you about like kind of. Yeah. Also, finding your like a part of your identity outside of like religion, like affiliation, I guess. So that's uh, yeah, that's I mean, important. I I,
0: I, like completely derail. <laughs>
1: no. No. <laughs> um, no, no, no. That's I mean, very interesting to hear about. Um,
0: it's a strange. It's a strange detour on on the life of <laughs> someone who's really living through all this.
1: okay and to kind of round out the edges of this podcast episode so um the last question is how do you define success um and does this definition of your happiness and success have a different meaning than mainstream societies
0: so success for me is pretty simple it's finding contentment in all the challenges that life throws my way. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, instead of just aiming for the high paying job that society like tells you to aim for, I, to me, I, I really don't want to do that because I've seen how miserable, miserable people become doing that. Mm -hmm. And I don't, and I don't mean to like shun, you know, becoming wealthy by any means. Like it's, that's, it's not really like that problematic to me. But at the same time, like, you know, it shouldn't just be about that. Mm-hmm. It should be about something more. If your life is just about money, then what is your life? Very it's, true. It's boring.
1: I mean, also, that's that's a lot to say as well, because I feel like definitely with, uh, you know, Asian Americans, like, you know, we put, the, there's just a lot of, like, uh, high priority on monetary wealth and gain um that kind of yeah. like defines your status or like your value i guess so yeah that's really good yeah, and but,
0: i mean come on it's,
1: wh- what it's all
0: bullshit.
1: what no <laughs> i yeah yeah it is true you like like you said as well um yeah just doing what you know makes you fulfilled and um yeah
0: yeah there's no, no sorry, monetary
1: value to, like, huh <laughs> i don't
0: mean to like if i'm coming off as like you know as as negative or anything just so much of our lives are socially constructed, right? Like money is a social construct. We're we we don't need that to be the only thing that we we perceive as like for like to, to make us feel like we're successful in life. You know what I mean? It's it's I mean, it, yeah
2: yeah it's, it's it a tool. yeah. It's a tool. And, and
0: it's, having more of it helps you do more for the people that you care about. Mm, yeah and spreading that is important um and I'm not saying like you know just like I'm not, like I go to work every day and I love my work and I'm not there for the money I'm yeah really there for the people if I was there for the money I would have I would have quit when I was you know when I was a barista standing in like an inch of water because the,
1: <gasps> the oh oh I remember that owner. at the old curb, yeah. Yeah,
0: the, the best owner completely just left us to, to die so many times, you know. Oh. Um, I went through a lot of really, really bad situations when I was, a, when I was um, first getting into coffee and trying to become a coffee professional.
2: Oh. Um,
0: and so <clears throat> going through all of that really made me realize that, you know, it is important to not just take care of the people who you serve, but to take care of the people that you work with, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and those people are, you know, they're beyond important. They're they're what make the business run. They know they what they're what make the business have culture in itself. Mm. Jim Carrey has this, you know, this this uh, speech. I think it's a comm- I think it's his commencement speech he's giving to some university, and he's telling them about what it was like to um <clears throat> to watch his his father fail. Doing something that he didn't love for his entire life, and that really was the catalyst that drove him to, uh, you know, to being to to be able to just say, well, this guy spent his entire life dedicated to his job for you know for the wealth because it's stable, and you know maybe maybe like maybe me me saying this is like. I, I'm kind of checking myself, I guess, right now too, because is, is I'm saying this in like as though I'm privileged. I'm not privileged. Mm-hmm. I go to work every day. I need to go to work every day. Mm-hmm. So do like most people, you know. Um, but basically, what what he said was. Um, should you try to do something that you really don't want to do, just just for accolades, just for, you know, wealth, mm-hmm. when, uh, when, when at the end of the day, you'll, you could still fail. You mm-hmm. could fail either way. You could fail doing something that you're passionate about and then move on from that failure mm-hmm. and try again. Or you could fail at something super, <laughs> super horrible that you don't want to be doing for the rest of your life and wasting every single hour and hating every single minute of your life you know Mm. that's what my parents mainly did i mean my maybe questionable for maybe my mom she found some joy in her job but for my dad i really don't i don't think he enjoys what he does like he wakes up every morning at like 4 a.m he's a janitor he was uh he was injured when i was a kid so Mm. he went from having a better job at he works at the gas company. I guess I should, should have started off by saying, but uh, he got in, he got a really bad injury that, that happened to him, and at, at this job that I'm sure he really
2: didn't want to do, but to to be you know to have enough income to pay for his children, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to see him
0: like suffer in that way, and to just really like to see him kind of look at life like life has turned its back on him, yeah, because he's been putting in the hard work every day, but he still faces, like, you know, this, like, he, he got hit in the, in the back with, like, a, a massive pipe. Oh my god. Yeah, and so he, he had to go, like, he almost died undergoing surgery, um, for his back, mm-hmm. his, his spine when, when I was a kid, and so to see him go through this, and to, you know, be in this position, really, this position of privilege to go to college, and to educate myself, into. To learn about things outside of what my family and I know.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Is, it's like I have to take advantage of, of of that situation because why would I want to work and you know potentially risk my life in certain situations? You know, um, and and I have major respect for people that do labor jobs. That's, yeah, like I like I have I they're my heroes. You know these. People who are doing labor jobs, people who are doing like medical jobs, people who our society depends upon—I, I have nothing but love and respect for them, and they are the people that really should, you know, should be celebrated more. Um, so to to have the narrative pushed upon me that uh, money and wealth is the only accolade that you should be striving for. Once again, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be like you. It's it's not valid, you know. But yeah. To, to say that it's the only thing that's valid, or to say that that defines you, mm-hmm. I think, is incredibly fucked up and incredibly stupid.
1: You're you That's so true. Like, also, too, like, no no one's guaranteed tomorrow, so you might as well just like i mean it's it's easy for our generation to say like oh just take the risk of what you love because like like that that programming is very (laughs) much instilled in our parents generation like you don't really do what you love you go with the safe and financially stable option and you just kind of go through the motions and you kind of just make it especially in hawaii where it's so expensive you kind of just have to like you know if if, if like you're comfortable you don't really rock the boat at all you kind of just go yeah just keep with the routine of things and you like the security um so yeah. i really yeah i understand also where your father is coming from because like oh, I, 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 too. Yeah, I, yeah yeah
0: I, I, you know I, I have a lot of love and respect for him even though him and i disagree on a lot of things um in life yeah at the end of the day i truly love him and, and i know that he's dedicated so much of his life to being able to afford to, uh, you know, to raise me. So I'm grateful.
1: The book by Simon Sinek.
0: There we go. Yeah. yeah. Start with why. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely essential, I think. Um, <clears throat> and this so th- this is a, to get started, actually, even before you read the book, if you want to find out kind of if, if Simon Sinek's, like, work is for you, uh, he has a TED Talk. That's really great, and you can just watch that. And he basically sums up the entire books, you know, like golden nuggets in those in those uh, in in those minutes on screen. Um, but basically, the thesis is that for <clears throat> your career, before you before you choose what you want to do, you have to start with why you want to do it, mm-hmm. and. Getting to that central why is what grounds you, and is what is it. It's what keeps you afloat when you know the. So you, when when you when you when you have this thing, and you go into situations that you're not prepared for, situations that help you grow because mm-hmm. they're challenging. It grounds you, and it says, "This is why I'm still doing this." You know, this is why I'm still working in inch of water because. Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, I care for people. I yeah. care for specifically the community that I serve, um, and it's what it's what helps you get through the, all, all the rough patches. And this isn't like really like the only book that I've read uh, in terms of this. I, I I guess I could give you more recommendations if you find this one helpful, but I I would say that this one and um, and this other book about mindset are the two main that I really draw my my um my work ethic and my work my work life from okay uh i don't do it every day but usually i'll start off by journaling uh i'll just say today what i feel is blank and -hmm. i'll start with that uh and that's kind of like a self-assessment uh this this exercise by the way is incredibly useful (laughs) during these pandemic times because uh you know looking at how you're feeling and uh, Knowing, knowing what you're feeling, definitely helps you deal with it a lot better. <clears throat> it's like half the battle. Mm-hmm. Um, but then to go from maybe some negative emotions that say I'm feeling bad this day, whatever it is, uh, I go into the gratitude journal type, type section, and that's kind of where uh, yeah, I just start listing things that I'm happy about, things that I'm grateful for. Yeah, that's that
1: awesome. Keep me going, you know, like. Little little things throughout the day. There are sprinkles of it
0: every single day. And, like, if you don't see them, then, uh and I, I talk about myself, if I don't see them, then I, I feel like I'm missing out.
1: That's, in itself, very important to find silver linings because it, it, it's so easy to kind of, especially now, because, you know, anx- anxiety levels are, like, skyrocketing. And, yeah, it's important to kind of ground yourself in, like, you know, little things that, um yeah, cause or like make you happy and more calm. So and I think yeah, gratitude sure. is gratitude is definitely a great way to do that. Um Yeah, so thank you so much for being a part of the podcast, Dustin. I know it was your first time. Like how are you feeling that you have a podcast um episode recorded under your belt?
0: I mean that was that was so much fun, honestly. This I've been like pretty nervous about about this whole thing. Uh but I'm really happy that I went through with it, and I'm I'm just so stoked to talk to you. You know, you have you have great questions, and like I said earlier in the podcast, I really do encourage you to you know keep doing what you're doing, like creativity wise and just life wise. Like you're an inspiration.
1: Oh, same to you, and also, uh, yeah, it it's interesting to hear because you know I don't we don't get a lot of like male perspectives on the podcast so it's always such a treat to kind of hear y- like your perspective as a japanese american male in hawaii um yeah so thank you so much for sharing um your story and um hopefully in the future uh, if you have time um please come back to the podcast and um we-, we can talk more um about your perspectives on things so thank you so much yeah
2: thank you thank you for having me. i appreciate you